Hello again and welcome to a new episode of Paratalk. And this week I'm joined by, I I don't know if I could say a fellow paranormal um, investigator, I think a fellow paranormal producer, because we have Luke from Shadow Paranormal, which is a UK-based paranormal team, which go out and investigate some places that you might not have heard of and some that you may have heard of. So, without further ado, let me introduce Luke, and uh, let's get this uh, let's get this ball rolling. Are you there, Luke? Yes, I am. Hello. How are you? Yeah, good, thank you. So, Shadow Paranormal. I wouldn't say you were the new kids on the block when it comes to YouTube, but I, I only recently, from, from my perspective, discovered you maybe a number of months ago, and I have been a binging on your videos, so they are quite uh, you You watch one, you have to watch another one sort of thing. Okay. Thank you. That's that's fine. That's that's quite all right. You, it means that you're doing the right thing. And what I like as well is that they're very sort of to the point. Um, my my first question is, Shadow Paranormal. Where where did it come from? How did it happen? It, I mean, I've always been interested in paranormal, anything weird, supernatural, right from a, a kid. So I think I was about fifteen during the school holidays. So I decided to to go out for myself. I've been watching other groups on YouTube. Well, I, I was completely unaware of this world of people going to haunted places. You know, I'd read books about it. Didn't know it was kind of average people that do that kind of thing. Yeah, decided to sell myself to a couple of places. At the time, I had a few experiences I thought were weird, but I, I'm not too sure in hindsight if they were anything unusual. But either way, that got me hooked and I decided to start making making videos. And then I got an interest in video making as well. So that's, that's where it came from. It all snowballed and here we are today. So you've got a nice little collection of investigations online. Do you kind of select areas to investigate? Do you do a bit of history research and think, well, that will be good? Or is it just, this looks a bit spooky, shall we do an investigation? Bit of both, really. Yeah, there's, when we select locations, there's never really any kind of criteria. Some of them are obscure with like stories and legends attached to them that you think are merely folklore and not based upon anything. But you think, oh, that's quite a, an interesting story to relay or an interesting place to have a look at so we'll we'll do a video on it anyway and some places are just riddled with histories of, of hauntings and stuff and you think well we're likely to get something there so there's no criteria really it's just anywhere that tickles a fancy and we just think it might be worth giving it a go and then there's there's a handful of places we do investigate that we don't do a video on simply because either it was very quiet or it was just there's no substance to anything we did be it historical or paranormal based there but most of the stuff we do post but like i said there's no criteria for them just anywhere we think could be interested your investigations are i would say not off the cuff i don't want to use that word but they're very impulsive they do strike me as you go to a location you use minimum equipment which is i like that because you're kind of using your senses a lot more do you find that by not preparing and just turning up to a, a, a location and just saying, hey, let's see what happens, do you find that you tend to get more results from that? Or do you find that being more prepared in a, on a, you know, a vigil that the results are more prolific in, in that sense? Um, I think each their own, really. I mean, we sometimes prepare if we've got a huge place to investigate. We'll prepare a bit more. We'll, we'll set up a strategy of monitoring equipment less out than the other but a lot of the time we just go there we sort of tend to think if something's going to happen it will happen and as long as we've got some kind of camera to record it and document it that's almost seen as you know that's the best sort of proof you can get really yeah we, we try and go minimal on equipment as well just to 
just focus and be alert on what's actually happening at the time. Yeah, just try and really focus in on what's going on in the place. Because like I say, if it's going to happen, it's going to happen whether there's there's loads of equipment and monitoring gear there or not, I think. Do you think uh, that it's important that when you're on, you're on an investigation, do you think it's important that your own senses, that you should really take note of how your body reacts to an environment when you're actually in an, uh, an investigation in a building or in an, a location? Do you, do you think it's important that, you know, if your body's telling you something, could that be a way of external, something external affecting you at that time? Oh, that's a tricky one because I think yes and no. I think I think your body's great at telling you things about the environment and any potential whatever we want to refer to them as ghosts, spirits, entities. I think there is certainly our bodies can pick up on essences of that. But at the same time, our bodies can be like the biggest deceivers in every aspect of anything. So the way I like to look at it is when you're investigating somewhere, like make two parallel lists, make a list of things that are tangible you can see here document record and then a list of things that are just more sort of the looser side of it if you get any kind of names popping to your head any kind of strange feelings and stuff that isn't wouldn't say is proof necessarily but could tie into other things on the on the other list of experiences so yeah it's it's a bit of a great area with that like i say I, I certainly believe you can sense things with your body and it picks up on things yeah. but it's, it's trying to find the nice little middle ground the nice balance between trusting your body entirely and trying to, to rationalise some things. Where did your interest in all things paranormal, and where did that come from? Is it something that grown in interest recently, or does it go back to a childhood thing? Oh, it goes back to childhood. This is something I've been trying to work out for the last 10 years. Why did I start getting interested in it? I mean, I could just blame Scooby-Doo, but I don't know entirely. <laughs> I remember when I used to go on holiday, we used to holiday sort of around Norfolk, parts of Cambridge and Suffolk, and if, if we went anywhere that was... Um, you know, they had old bookshops or anything there. I'd always have a look through the sections with ghosts in, uh, see if there's any local books on ghosts and hauntings, and I'd, I'd pick those up and read them. So it's obviously something I'd been interested in right from a very young age. Um, I was always interested if someone had seen or heard something. Um, I remember there was a, a family friend who saw uh, the ghost of a dog that had passed away a few weeks before, and that that captivated me. Yeah. So, yeah, it's always been an interest, always been fascinated by it, but I think I, it, it was just um, that breaking point of saying, right, I'm going to go and have a look for myself because I've never experienced anything. Now when you tend to go out and put yourself in a position where you're more likely to have an experience, have you ever experienced anything that you think, I can't explain that, or you're left scratching your head? Oh, yeah, there's enough times now. Um, there's there's the middle area where it's stuff like oh that was weird but you could if you really looks probably explain some as some aspects of it but there are times where it's like no that that defies any kind of rational thinking there's certainly something going on in certain places what it is I don't know you know I, I can't say necessarily what what these paranormal events are as such but there's definitely something going on do you, do you have any recent examples of when you're on a vigil and something happens and there's you and maybe... Because I've noticed that you tend to do a solo investigation, but you also work with a small team as well, don't you? Yeah, yeah. It's, um, it just seems to be as, as and when, really. it's um, Again, that's something that's not always planned. It's um, Sometimes I just think, right, I've, I've got an urge to go out somewhere this week or something, um, and I'll just plan a video and go and do it and sometimes it's stuff that we uh we do together but there's 
Oh, and a lot of smaller places I'll do it on my own because I think trying to cram three people in a in a little tiny area is not always the best for investigating. But yeah, it just seems to be what suits the location as to how many of us go. Um, as for recent experiences, I'm trying to think now. I mean, there was one about, I'd say about four years ago now, which is I'd still say is my the, the experience I had that was tops all of them. It was in a, a small Suffolk churchyard that, it's not a known place. It's somewhere that uh, someone had told me about, um, and he investigated with us on that night. Actually, he's been doing this for about twenty-two years now, so he's he's seen a few places. And um, yeah, the atmosphere in there suddenly changed at about eleven p.m. Suddenly, went very, very dark, very unwelcoming. And it's, that's some that's again going back to what we were saying earlier about feelings of places. It, that that wasn't proof of anything, but we all sensed that change in the environment. From um, again it tied in with what occurred next because I saw this and the only way I can describe it is a little uh, sort of completely black, no details, no features whatsoever. So about three foot tall, um, sort of goblin type thing run along the, the footpath of the church. And I'd seen it clear, clear as day. And you again, that's one of those things where you could say, oh, well, mistaken identity for something or just imagined it. But it wasn't until the fellow investigator said that he'd seen the same thing and we didn't discuss it anymore that night. It was just like, right, we're gonna we're gonna get out of it because something doesn't want us here, obviously. Um, and it wasn't. I said, I messaged him and said, why don't we draw what we saw? And we both described and drew exactly the same thing down to a T. And it was at that point I thought two witnesses with no discussion of the event that was witnessed beforehand. And it was one of those things where it's so vivid, burned into my mind seeing that. So how did how did that? I mean, you came away from that investigation, and usually when you have I mean, I've been to haunted locations and, and places and had feelings and, and, and kind of felt uneasy about stuff. But when you actually see something like that and you come away from it and you have time to reflect, do you, I mean, there's always that, well, maybe I was mistaken, maybe I was tired. There's also that other side of you that says, well, maybe I wasn't tired, maybe I wasn't mistaken, maybe whatever it was I saw, I actually saw. Do you kind of get into that little bit of internal conflict as well? Oh, all, all the time. But then, but then again, if you think of it, like if you'd have sort of seen an, an owl, yeah, at the same night, you'd if you'd have come by and said, "Oh, I saw an owl." That was quite nice to see. It's like you wouldn't question that. You just you'd say you'd seen it. Yeah. Um, but then I get the same thing as well. I mean, I don't know about you, um, but I, I always find this like. I don't know whether it's anything to do with atmospheric conditions or, or any kind of, I don't know, but I always seem to go through dry periods where there's no activity, no matter where I go, what I do, no activity seems to occur anywhere. And there's, you know, it can go for months sometimes, um, sometimes it's weeks, and sometimes then I think maybe everything I've experienced before and documented before has just been misinterpretation of stuff. And then you get something happen again, and you think, oh, no, it isn't. It's uh, but it, There is that constant doubt. And it's just, like I say, the next experience you have you, you reminds you, oh, no, there, there is something to this. Yeah, I was, I was going to say that um, you, you, you touch on something there regarding, you know, where, with, the, with the paranormal. It doesn't, it doesn't work to, to command. It doesn't happen because we're here and we've got this and that and it, it needs to happen. It's something that just either happens or doesn't happen. I do think that supernatural paranormal phenomenon unexplained phenomenon does happen in the sense of there is a connection between the environmental conditions 
and it happening. I do think there is a connection there, but I also think that us human beings in an environment are also, in a way, some form of catalyst or trigger to paranormal phenomenon of it happening. But in a way that um, an emotional trigger, we have to be in the right mindset for whatever it's going to be, a cavalier appearing on his horse or a, or a ghost of a, a dead goat, you know, it, whatever it might be, you have to be in that right mindset to experience. And, and this goes on to a, another question. I don't know whether you've dabbled into the area of Ouija boards and that side of things, but people tend to do have very strange experiences when they're all joking and laughing and having a fun joyous time that's when phenomenon seems to happen and when they're all not kind of interested then nothing seems to happen not always so have you ever been down that road with with ouija boards and 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 trying to contact the dead in the what i would call the old school way yeah i mean i've dabbled with them i've never had any experiences with the ouija board um i've tried it with a few people i've tried it my own never had any experiences but there's so many people that, that will swear by them and say that they 100% work. I was hoping to start working a documentary, looking into Ouija boards from all angles, get some interviews with people, but um, I've not started on that yet, so I've not, I've not really looked into them enough. I mean, as far as I can see, most of it seems to be psychokinetic because they have done yeah. tests on that with like pressure pads so there's there's definitely an element of that whether that accounts for all experiences with them i don't know but i think i think with things like that is the subconscious is so powerful like more so than i think we can conceive our subconsciouses and i think that is what takes hold a lot of the time even in cases of hauntings without ouija boards and stuff i think sometimes the subconscious manifests itself into whether it be tangible things or whether it be the tricking of the mind but I think that accounts for a fair portion of, of Ouija board experiences. Yeah, definitely. Um, you also raise an interesting point and touch on an in- interesting point when we talk about ourselves being part of the, well, not necessarily the solution, but part of the answer could lie within ourselves with paranormal phenomenon, with contacting whatever that might be out there or wherever it is. I, I don't know. I tend to not go down the ghost route of saying everything is a discarnate personality or or anything like that but i think that we have to look within ourselves to find more of the answers and equipment is is good it's a good tool to have but i don't think the equipment is it can you can also rely on the equipment too much and if you're a if you go into an environment an old manor house or a castle or these are those are my favorite places and the only reason that those are my favorite places is because they uh, encapsulate so much history and there is so much everything has gone on in in a in a castle if you can go into a castle and there's there's birth there's death there's trauma there you know there's all there's battles there's there's all those things going on and it's kind of like sometimes not always but sometimes you can go into those environments and you can you can feel the atmosphere and i think that there's something in us that like a barometer we can kind of the the example of saying when you go into a room and, and two people have just had a really bad argument and you can immediately pick up on it and, and it's yes. kind of like that with the paranormal i think that some people not all that some people for example you actively go out and investigate 
alleged haunted locations. So you are putting yourself into the right environment to experience something. Like we said, you don't always, you, you know, you might not experience something, but you might experience something. You're also in the right mindset where if you did experience something, you're able to process it with your with your eyes, your ears. You can kind of take note of what's going on. There are other areas of the paranormal where people have had experiences and didn't even know they had an experience until it was all over. They they see an apparition of someone and they didn't realise it was someone until that someone just poofed out of existence and was gone. So they looked real. They looked absolutely real. I spoke to someone a while back. They were on an investigation um, and they saw someone sat in a chair and they just thought it was somebody in period dress. They just didn't think nothing of it. They thought it was part of the attraction. It only made them stop in their tracks when that person that was sat in the chair, they looked away and looked back and they were no longer there. I love stories like that because stuff like that also goes back to sort of classic ghost stories, the fire ghost stories, stuff like that. I love love little tales like that. Your investigations do you always investigate at night or do you do day investigations as well we, we do both really i mean generally the only reason we investigate at night is because it's a, a lot quieter you don't if you wherever if it's outside or a place where the, the public visit you're less likely to get people coming up there at night sound of traffic's reduced yeah. at night yeah it's just a lot quieter a lot better environment I, as well i think personally being in a dark environment it's a lot easier to sort of just relax yourself and just take in what's going on around you whereas during the day you've got the sound of birds chirping as well so lots of things you can see during the day wildlife flying floating about so i just think at night it's easy to just kind of relax and just you know listen look at what's going on have you have you ever gone outside of i mean obviously at the moment you're from what i understand your channel is pretty much uh, haunting investigations have you ever gone outside the realms of that and wanted to investigate something that was still unknown, for example, UFOs or somewhere, say there's a location that has an evil demonic presence or whatever, something that goes beyond the realms of a normal haunted location? Have you ever thought about stepping into the more fringe, darker areas of of investigating? Yeah, I mean, I'm interested in the whole whole row of stuff, even down to sort of cryptid um, sightings as well. I'm, I'm interested in that. Um, it's it's just like, how far do you spread yourself yeah. is the way I'm saying really, because uh, the the subjects I'm most interested in is is hauntings, and again, I think hauntings spread such a vast array of stuff as well, because that's places I see it as places that you can go and visit where there are events there that defy rational explanation. That's what a haunting is to me. So, I, I, again, I, I'm interested in the whole UFO, uh, cryptid, anything like that. It's just um, I, I find, personally, that would be less viable to kind of in, investigate in a hands-on mm-hmm. approach. Certainly love reading about that sort of stuff, but um, from a hands-on perspective, I'd find that a lot more challenging. Have you ever been invited to do any uh, vigils in private homes where people have experienced what we'd call poltergeist phenomenon or anything like that have you ever have you been at the invites to go into those kind of places i've been to a few houses um never experienced anything whilst i was there so 
which again could just be that it was quiet whilst I visited. But I've never been anywhere that's had claims to sort of a full-on poltergeist. Obviously, I've read on the the big poltergeist cases, and I think that'd be a fascinating one to to actually be able to investigate. But the trouble with poltergeist is they seem to last like a short period of time yeah. generally. To be able to get in there at the height of a poltergeist case would be fascinating, I think. And especially with the technology people have got nowadays, to be able to really sort of dig into what's occurring there. I mean, obviously, if you look at the 70s with like the Enfield poltergeist, quite limited on even photographic and audio. There's a limit on what they could do. But if that happened today, that would all be documented there wouldn't be questions or as many questions about the authenticity of event. Technology is a great thing. I think that in using it in any an investigation, a vigil, you know, it, it's great. And there are a lot of buildings that do have unexplained phenomenon going on in them where I think would benefit greatly to even some great quality HD CCTV that was on 24 hours a day and monitored remotely. That would be great. On the other side of it, well, one of the one of the places actually is Chingle Hall. That would be that would be great to have have that there. But the, um, the owner doesn't want anything to do with with ghost hunters or anything anymore. So that's all over. But really, I've heard about that. I didn't realise that had sort of. Um... It used to be a really pl- good place. The owners, previous owners, before they uh, moved on, they used to have charity events. They would bring people in, changed hands, and the people that are in there now have the mindset of it's all a lot of nonsense nothing happens here you know and we don't want people coming around and do trying to do investigations and stuff so i i know there was some conflict somewhere and it all went a yeah. bit it all went a bit south so unfortunately it's a location that people can't get to and of and it's similar there's a similar issue with borley and borley church now obviously borley church had a lot of well obviously when the rectory burnt down the the paranormal phenomenon kind of moved from that location to the church and the church is in the center of the vi- well i think it's in the center of the village or in the village location and peter underwoods he did an investigation there he was part of an investigation and there was many teams that have investigated the church and and experienced things the the people that live in the the, the village rightly so gonna get a bit miffed about all these cars turning up and all these people wandering around at god knows what hours so i can understand that you know they they would not want people doing investigations there anymore so they started to restrict access to the church but that would be another great location to use technology to find out if anything is still happening or any you know sound phenomenon or visual phenomenon anything because been a, there's been a load of things that have happened in the church that have been documented over the years since the 70s so who knows but i think that whether whether technology is i don't know what, what one day will we in, invent a a piece of technology that can basically you can you can say oh this this works and it does this or it does that i mean we had things like the spiracom what was your thoughts on the spiracom do you think that that was a big scam or do you think that that was real or did they actually create a machine to talk to the dead um i, I don't think we're that far along with technology at the moment it's again it's how how would something be designed to talk to something we don't know anything about really i th- i think the, the as far as technology goes i think the furthest we can go at the moment is just monitoring and recording anomalies in the environment whether that comes down to raw forms such as magnetism static charges or, or anything mm-hmm. like that that are 
um, don't make any sense, even down to visual and audible anomalies. I think that's as far as we can go with with any kind of technology and documenting and communicating with stuff at the moment. It's like even with um, tools like the the spirit box. Yeah. Like I think I think they've got their their uses. I think they've got potential, but there's too many false positives that can occur from that. How much do you rely on your equipment? Not a huge. I mean, the only thing. I, I wouldn't if I was to go out and say you can bring one thing with you. It would only be a camera because that would it's, it's the equivalent of taking like investigation notes on a notepad. Yeah. Really, it's just the digital equivalent of that. But yeah, I don't rely on equipment too much. I bring it along. We've usually got something running whilst we're investigating. Just it's there, but we don't focus on it too much. Really, we set stuff up in places if we've got you know if we've got. The option of having locked off cameras will set certain bits up in a room. It's, it depends how much you look look at it, really, because you can go on the one hand, the more you've got set up and the more equipment you've got running, the more likely you are to record and document something. But then if you're focusing on equipment all of the time, what else are you going to be missing that's that's happening around you? So, it's again, it's like anything in life. It's just get the, get the middle ground. How do you feel about EVP? Do you set out, when you do an investigation, do you think, right, I'm going to do a recorder. I'm going to leave a recorder running, and then we're going to check for EVP. Have you ever have you ever had any um, audible phenomenon after when you review your uh, findings? And did you ever find stuff that it's like without a doubt that shouldn't be there? Yeah, lots of times. And we usually, especially if we're doing a group investigation, we even when I go up on my own, usually got at least two different cameras recording. And a lot of EVPs we've actually had to come back on our cameras audio. But usually you've got at least two different audio tracks recorded. And I always find it interesting when you get a voice or, or supposed EVP recorded on one audio track, but not on another. Yeah. I find that interesting. And sometimes, because I'm, I'm like well aware that sometimes natural sounding sounds of brakes on a car mm. or anything such as mundane as that, the tweet of a bird, can sometimes on recordings come across like a yeah. voice. And at the time, obviously, you're not going to register that in your head. You're just going to brush that off but when you listen back to it you'll hear something on it um, but having two audio tracks is what I like to do you can always get a reference point was there any sounds occurring on one track and not the other that could be misinterpreted um, and we've had that where very very loud clear voices come through on one device but not on another so yeah EVPs are, are very interesting what they are again I don't I don't know particularly but there's there's definitely more than just sort of white noise being distorted there's definitely some kind of um something going on with evp certainly definitely um that was my main when i was investigating as a serious hobby when i was doing it when i first started out and said i need to do i want to get involved in this field and i want to do something because i came i come from a, a, a music industry background i had access to a studio and all the nice equipment and i was able to start i had a noise generator and stuff and i saw i do evp i watched a few documentaries because i was a great fan back in the 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 70s and the 80s of all the tv shows and of course arthur c clark's mysterious world i got you know i was as a teenager i loved all that and of course evps and that you you remember the the magazine unexplained the unexplained or unexplained the unexplained it was like a paranormal magazine it came out in the 80s and you got this um flexi record on the front and it was basically a record of EVPs, and I, that really that that made me want to want to investigate that that sound phenomenon. And of course, late my later years, I was I had the ability to do that. And I remember doing a recording with a friend of mine who was 
I would say he was a, he was more sceptical, more, uh, he looked at that from the point it was a comedy thing. It was just, you know, we're going to talk to the dead, woo, you know, it was that kind of thing. And I remember, white, white. yeah, and it, it was, um, it, it was just a, a general evening. We had a couple of beers, we stayed on for a bit, we had some equipment set up, we set it all up and thought, let's stay on for a bit, a couple of hours, let's do some EVP. And he said, let's talk to, let's talk to a ghost. So uh, he sets it all up, you know, I get all recording. And of course, you only ask, like, record for a minute or two. And is anybody, of course, I give the microphone to him and say, just speak into the microphone like normally. And, and we will record the white noise and see what happens. And he's like, okay, everybody there, can I speak to the dead? And, and it, nothing, of course, nothing, you know, he's, you know, mucking about. So I have a go and I just sort of like, this is how you do it. I'm being, you know, this is, you're going to ask the questions. And I'm, I'm like, is anybody there? Would anybody like to speak to us? And I spoke for about two minutes and that was that. So we wind, we spools the tape back and cues up to where we started. It was all completely fresh, new tape. And um, when I started to talk, I asked a question and it was just, it was just like normal white noise. And then there was this like popping and clicking. And then I heard, um, a a voice say like yes and then uh it was maybe 20 seconds or so and then there was another voice that came over um and said please reply like clear as clear as day and i and i gave the headphones to my friend and i said can you just listen to that and he listened to it and his the look on his face was like he thought you, you is this a joke I can hear people talking. I heard two. And from that point on, I put all of my, I don't know about you. Uh, when you have an, uh, something like that happens to you, I didn't do any more recording for three or four months. I just put it all aside and I thought, yeah, that was a wake up call for me that something actually did happen. I mean, if you ever had things that happened when you've been on an investigation or you've been investigating that you just stop and think, I need to take a step back from this. Um, the only time I have really was was the um, experience I mentioned earlier, where I saw that sort of little sort of shadow figure run along the path. That's the only time, but that was only for the night. It was just kind of like something doesn't want us in here at the moment. That kind of made you st- sort of stop and think, yeah, this is this is a bit real. Yeah, some yes, it was it was the whole thing that we're not wanted in here. But that was only for the night, really. I've never had any prolonged period where I've kind of thought I need to take a break from this. So far, I mean, it could certainly could happen at any point. Something could happen. I think I need to step away from all of this for a little while. But that's the only time that's happened. There's been a few investigations we've done where I've come away from and thought, wow, that was a lot to uh, to take in. And it's just taken a couple of days, you know, to go over in your head and process. But not to the point so far that I've thought I need to step back from it. I know a few people that have done uh, that have just said, right, I need to take a bit of time away from this because it's starting to sort of creep into their personal life and not necessarily with stuff sort of following them about, but just the whole mentality of it. And they just need to take a step back and just, you know, get come back down to earth and just get on with stuff. But um, yeah, I personally have not had that so far. Have you ever come away from an investigation and felt that you've, that was going to be another one of my questions. Have you ever come away from the investigation and felt that you've taken something, brought something back with you? I don't mean as in a, uh, you've brought a ghost home or whatever, but I think that you've brought something back or you feel different before you went and it's kind of played on your mind and you, you have a mood, your your mood changes. Have you have a, have, a, have you experienced that? 
Yeah, I mean, I'm usually absolutely knackered after an investigation. Not not because it's uh, always because of the length of time spent doing it, or you know, getting back home late or anything. It's it's something deep in that. A couple of sometimes I do an investigation where we have a lot happen, and I'm wiped out for a couple of days. So I think that's just being in the presence, maybe just a biological response of being in the presence of whatever we are yeah. dealing with. Sometimes I think, and which again, something like that, if it, it affects me sometimes by just making me feel incredibly tired and drained. Other people, I suppose, it could affect with their mood, like you say. When whenever something happens, I think you definitely take something away from it. It certainly changes you each time, and certainly ch- challenges your belief and view on the world. As we're in the the final few hurdles of this episode i'm one of my main questions that i have here in i don't know why i wrote it in capital letters but i've got it here is that my i wanted to get your opinion on uh, everything that you've experienced so far what what do you think i'm going to use the normal words i'm not going to try and use different words what do you think a ghost is in the sense of i understand how we interpret what a ghost might be but what do you think a ghost might be? Do you think, as others think, that it's you know a personality, it's somebody that's lived before, or do you think there's something more there that it, so it could be? Oh, that's an interesting question. Um, I th- I think there's multiple different things going on. I, mean, I, I think there's d- different places has different things happening. Um, I, I certainly believe um, in the personality aspect i don't i don't believe personally i don't believe in in an afterlife as such i believe in certain events being recorded sort of not necessarily the stone tape recording but sort of imprints of personality in places i certainly think there's an element of that and i certainly think in the stone tape recording as well i think there's definitely a link between sort of historical events and the paranormal and a lot of that although personally i've not witnessed it a lot of that comes down to people seeing ghosts or, or figures of you know, people dressed in clothing of times gone by. You know the classic Romans. Yeah, that I think. I mean, there's. I think there's a link between the two in in that respect. Of like, although I've not experienced it, but I, I don't know. It's it's such a tricky one because, from my experience, there is something with intelligence that we can't see, or very often, sometimes we catch a glimpse of yeah. them. We can't see. They're not always there, but there's something with intelligence that can subtly interact with the physical world. That's that's all I've all I can say personally from my own experiences, my own investigations, which isn't a lot, isn't a lot to say really. But if I just put it back down to basics, that's all I've ever been able to conceive of it. So for the summer of 2022, what's is shadow paranormal is there any big thing going on are you gonna do a big investigation because you're kind of you're there on the youtube map now been there for a while what's your plans what's what's going to happen with the with the channel with the with the investigations and any plans any ideas yeah i've got a fair bit we've got our um 10th anniversary coming up in a couple of months so we've got a a special video coming out for that we went back to three separate locations we've investigated over the last 10 years um we did a poll and people voted for three they wanted us to return to and we filmed at one of the places which was the the place i was expecting to get the least amount of activity because the first time around i thought it was a right time right place kind of thing but we actually had some stuff happen then when we went back we've got a few investigations planned as well we're a bit the ancient ram in in the summer which is somewhere i've wanted to investigate for a long time 
Um, just, just as again, it's one of those places that sort of had this legacy about yeah. it over the last twenty years or so. It's one of those places you just think, well, I want to see it for myself. Um, and if there is anything there, I want to experience it for myself. It's a incredibly old building, an incredibly old building. I know previously it was dressed up to be spooky, but I think that even as now, I think it still is. There's some spookiness about it. Yeah. Whether whether you take that spookiness in there with you, I don't know. But it definitely is a building that I think would you you would it needs further investigation, and that would be another good good building to have things set up and to monitor. But as I say, you can't monitor everywhere because yeah. it'd be impossible. There is a limit. But um, but yeah, so that's awesome. I mean, you're being productive. You're doing stuff. You're documenting. It's amazing that there's so many channels that are popping up on YouTube, which makes some really cool content. And it just goes to show that the the paranormal scene is still quite thriving, even though. I would say that the television side of it has kind of leveled out now. How do you feel the entertainment? Do you think that that's kind of marred the investigation a little bit? Or do you think that there's a place, do they need to be separate? Or is how, how do you think those two things mix together? TV aspects especially has done more harm than good because of people without any kind of background knowledge on the subject or whatever, they see that as what it is on the whole. You say you're... You, you investigate the paranormal and they immediately associate you with someone running around in the dark screaming. Yeah. Um, so, but on that, but on the other hand, when I started going, I do it for myself. It was because of seeing stuff like that, you know, TV investigations. That was what got me back into it and made, inspired me to go and do it for myself. So there was, there was a bit different. I mean, I, I can't say too much because I, I create videos on this stuff as well, but a lot of that's, one, I've just got an interest in video making, and two, it's I like to try and present whatever results or whatever we we get in an interesting way, or even if it's just documenting stories and relaying stories, I like to do it in a way that people will find interesting, but still keeping pretty grounded and pretty truthful with it all. You're more on the zone of investigation, documentation, not the other side of it that is pure entertainment that you know you create a a clickbait saying i just punched a demon and click on my video yeah so there is a difference what you know but i understand that when people see those kind of videos of people running around in the dark and then they see your video they say why aren't you doing that why is the ghost not chasing you it does have that sort of 50 50 it's a double-edged sword really it is. As, as you just said if you hadn't seen those videos then it wouldn't have gone hmm i can do that yeah uh but i can do it my way and then you go and do your thing you're not emulating anyone you're just doing your own thing and and that's why there's a lot of good channels You've got to look for them They're, they are out there but there are some great channels and it's uh it, it, you can go down that sort of youtube black hole and a whole evening can pass by but yeah so Shadow Paranormal, you've got a 10-year anniversary coming up. You're doing some special recordings. This all sounds great. Fantastic. You're doing a great thing. Loving the videos. And it's been awesome you coming on this episode of Paratal. I hope it won't be. Hopefully it will not be the last time. I'm hoping that uh, you'll do a few more investigations and come back and give me an update as to what you've been doing. Because I, I have a feeling that you might get some good evidence later in the year, especially with the warmer weather. Ghost stuff tends to get, you know, with the with the, with the warmer weather, more electricity in the air, 
Well, more paranormal phenomenon. You were saying earlier about the atmospheric conditions, isn't it? Yeah, it's like you maybe you associate ghosts with uh, sort of dark, yeah. rainy, stormy weather. Um, but yeah, I think yeah, I think you're completely right with that. Summer seems to be a hot spot. Summertime, it's that kind of thundery, charged. Maybe there's something more. Yeah? The crop circles and all that stuff. It all seems to come alive for those yeah. few months. Even with like sort of static in the air and stuff like that. It's um, yeah, certainly. I think that's definitely a golden golden zone for investigating during the summer months, definitely. And it's warm, and it's nice and warm, and it's not raining. Yeah, I'm not complaining about that. <laughs> Hopefully we'll get a slightly longer summer. Who knows? Anyway, Luke, it's been great talking to you. As I say, good luck with your investigations. Thanks for coming on Paratalk. And thanks, everyone, for listening to the show. If you want any more information or listen to any more episodes, paratalkpodcast.com. See you soon. Mm-hmm.